listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. We're going to analyze current events in the light of God's prophetic word, because that's really the only way you can analyze current events. You know, when you're analyzing anything in life, either professionally or you're analyzing, you know, the payments on a a lease versus a purchase, or whether you should buy a house or a condo or something versus uh, paying rent, you're, you're always analyzing. And, and the critical thing about analyzing is your analysis and the decision you make is only as good as the data or the numbers or the facts that you're using. So, for example, if somebody quotes to you erroneously a, a faulty uh, interest rate and then you're calculating whether or not to buy a house or a condo or, or, or whatever living thing, you're deciding to buy, and you say, well, wow, I can, I can fit this in my budget. I can afford this, you know, monthly payments or whatever. But if the numbers that you were given were wrong, and you calculate whether or not you can afford something or not based on faulty numbers, you could be off easily. I mean, you could be off $500 to $1,000 or whatever dollar amount. You could be off a significant amount in your projection, which means the bottom line would be if you don't review your analysis and look at the numbers and review the numbers, not just take the person's word for it, you know, you could be have sticker shock and uh, have a big bill in the mail and you're going, well, what's this? And all of a sudden, you could potentially be uh, stretched for cash because you calculated your decision based on faulty numbers. Okay, so. We all know that in life. We all have to analyze constantly, whether it's just small things or, or you know, big purchases or whatever. Now, when we're looking at current events, if we're, if we're making our analysis, uh, and remember, current events is not just what's happening externally in society, a nation, uh, uh, globalism or whatever. It's, it's not just the big external picture or the big picture. True current events connect invisibly or visibly directly into your life. So in other words, you may not have been told something, but the fact of the matter is what happens in the Ukraine and Russia and at the EU and the United States, what happens with Hamas and Israel uh, and these other flashpoints that we see happening right now, what, what, what's happening uh, nationally, these are again not just external events. So people who who try to say, "Well, that, that that doesn't matter to me; it doesn't affect me." Well, yes, it does affect you. You know, the Bible says the wise man or woman sees the danger ahead and hides themselves from it. That's bad English, and it was a paraphrase quote. But what the Word of God is saying is that a wise man or a wise woman is wise, knowledge is power, because they are able to see or conceptualize or analyze the danger ahead and then hide themselves from it. doesn't mean, you know, go dig a hole and, and bury yourself in it or, or hide uh, under the house or something. Hiding yourself from the danger ahead means you're making decisions, you're making plans, you're making corrections to your plans. 
And on the basis of your analysis of what's happening and where it's likely to go, then you make these all-important decisions in life, like whether or not you can afford to buy or purchase or rent or whatever, uh, what manner of loan you should get. Uh, you know, is it, is it adjustable? Is it a fixed loan? Uh, and all of this is contingent upon, if you're smart, it's contingent upon the big externals happening in our world. So, for example, there are basic laws of economics that you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. God will give you wisdom, okay? Now, God will give you wisdom to the degree you put in some effort, okay? We can't all be experts in everything. We can't, we don't all have the, the luxury of knowing everything about every subject in the world. But let me give you a personal example. When I was attending the University of Missouri many moons ago, um, I had my dual major was psychology, specifically altered states of consciousness. Yeah, it was a real field, and I got real grades, and I had to do real assignments. And uh, my other major was filmmaking. So my dual major was filmmaking and, and psychology with a focus on altered states of consciousness, which was a brand new field at the time. Now, as it turns out, by the grace of God, these fields as ridiculous as they were, as I look back, I mean, who in their right mind, <laughs> who in their right mind, you know, I'm putting myself down here because the, the, the implication of this, uh, was I really in my right mind when I made a decision to major in, you know, this esoteric field of uh, altered states of consciousness and uh, a dual major filmmaking. Most of my friends, you know, they were getting law degrees, medical degrees, uh, scientific degrees, engineering degrees, because they, they, they firmly were thinking ahead about, well, what degree will give me the education I need to open doors to enter into a specific career choice? Now, um, I didn't think that way, and, and I'm not placing a judgment on anybody. I would say, generally speaking, overwhelmingly speaking, making a choice that is more sound and practical is a far safer investment of your time and your life when you're, when you're trying to enter a viable job market, okay? So uh, the irony is God's hand was on my life before I even knew his hand was on my life. And it just happens to turn out that these, both of these fields, I eventually became a, an executive producer and producer of science fiction feature films that, that were shown in theaters, in thousands of theaters across the United States. Uh, I produced television, uh, films, and all kinds of things. So my, that, my filmmaking degree helped open those doors. And then, of course, I was a, a, a major television commentator on the biggest cable news network shows in the world, and my training in filmmaking, etc., helped open those doors. Now, then in terms of knowledge, acquiring knowledge, I didn't know it at the time, but my majoring and studying altered states of consciousness, altered states of consciousness was like a secret field that the government was secretly spending hundreds of millions of dollars in, and, and universities 
uh, and colleges like MIT, uh, Stanford Research Institute, and many other UCLA, many of these big time universities had special studies in neurosciences, neurological sciences, which encompassed altered states of consciousness. So I didn't know it. My friends didn't know it. My parents didn't know it. But now that field, although it's not always called altered state of states of consciousness, it's more often called uh, uh, neur- uh, psychology, uh, neurological sciences, uh, neurological studies of the brain, and things of that nature. But altered states of consciousness is probably one of the most energized fields of development there is. I didn't know that. I was simply following my passion and my interest. And uh, God bless me. And it turned out that that esoteric field that I studied was in, was a gold mine of information and knowledge and facts and science and, and psychological theory and stuff that that gave me a huge advantage over people who just majored in quote theology or or things like that. Now uh, I ended up. Uh, being a professor of eschatology or Bible prophecy, uh, in which I not only had to study uh, theology, uh, but I ended up being a professor at the King's College and Seminary, founded by Dr. Jack Hayford. I ended up being a professor of eschatology and ecclesiology. Eschatology is a study of the last days, and ecclesiology is a study of the church. I also taught uh, classes in Israel and Bible prophecy. So that gave me an advantage over people who only studied, let's say, quote, psychology or only studied theology or whatever. Now, we, we, all can't, we can't all just, like, be uh, flippant about this. I mean, these are, these are big decisions. But I was following my instincts. I was following my logical, rational mind, and I did do an analysis. People think, oh, how could this guy have done an analysis of prospective careers uh, and and end up majoring in altered states of consciousness? What kind of analysis was that? Well, you can say whatever you want to say, but the bottom line is I analyzed cutting-edge fields, fields that were like not even known. They weren't even on the radar screen for most people. And by the grace of God, God blessed it. Now, when Jesus Christ miraculously intervened in my life, uh, as you know, I've told my t- testimony. It's in my book, Power from On High. Uh, I was miraculously saved fleeing a denominational Christian religious retreat in the middle of nowhere in the cornfields of Missouri. And as you know, the whole story it was miraculous. Uh, I hitchhiked. As I was leaving the retreat, because it was really a circus, a three-ring circus, nobody was talking about truth or the Bible or a biblical worldview. It was cartoon channel time, and I wasn't interested in that. So I hitchhiked back to the University of Missouri, and God supernaturally stepped into my life uh, as I was hitchhiking there among the cornfields in the middle of nowhere in like a field of dreams type of experience. and. I won't. You can read it in the book, or you can hunt on the Paul McGuire.us website, and you'll see or hear 
or read my testimony. And after I was miraculously saved, uh, miraculously, um, then I was born again, and God's hand had always been on me, even though I didn't know that. But after I was born again, God called me. So it went from God had his hand on my life, even though I didn't know it, to God saving me, God forgiving me of my sins. Uh, and, uh, and from there it went to God calling me supernaturally to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God supernaturally bestowed upon me and, and millions of others, okay? It has nothing to do with being special. Or, or you deserve it, or I deserved it. I certainly did not deserve it. But um, God called me to be a minister of the gospel. Now, there are people who are ministers, and that's great, and they may have a theological degree. They may have a halfway successful church. They may even be born again. But the bigger question is, did God supernaturally call them into the ministry? Because if, because if you're being an evangelist or a minister or a Bible teacher or whatever, and you have not been supernaturally called by God, there's a limitation on how much God can supernaturally equip you. And in order to be a true minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, or to be in God's service in any capacity, let's, let's not get hung up on, you know, like professional Christianity versus uh, layman-type Christianity. That's, like, that's a bunch of garbage. There's only one world. There isn't a secular world. And a Christian world. That's that's an evangelical heresy. There's only one world, and Jesus Christ is Lord of that one world. And so you can be used of God and effective for God just as much in in what some Christians would call secular positions as you can in like Christian positions. The key is you're doing what God called you to do. You're walking through the doors that God's opening for you to walk. And you have a responsibility. You have to analyze and think and learn and prepare yourself for whatever field you're in, because there are laws to growth, prosperity, and there are laws to, to being fruitful and multiplying beyond simply reproduction. Being fruitful and multiplying is primarily uh, making babies populating planet Earth through the institution of marriage, okay? But it extends beyond just, and I don't want to sound vulgar or crude, so excuse me, but it goes far beyond just making babies be fruitful and multiply. Being fruitful and multiply extends to every area of life, your business, your job, your home, your calling, uh, your relationships. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you're going to live in, you know, some idealistic, perfect world. You're going to have to fight for your promised land. And to the degree that you are successful is to the degree that you are relying on the power of God and the wisdom of God and that you're praying and reading the Word of God. This gives you the knowledge by which you can analyze and make decisions like, what career should I go in? And, and, and it's so important that, that each of us, that we commit our way to the Lord, because it's only when we commit our way to the Lord 
that we can expect God by faith to lead us and guide us. I know so many people, and, and this is not a negative towards anybody, but that this America in the last six years uh, has turned upside down. The world has turned upside down in the last six years. Jobs that were dying uh, are exploding back to life. Jobs that were at one time soaring are, are now you know, disappearing. I know people who, who got degrees to open doors in certain career choices, and those were wise choices, and they studied hard, and they got the degree necessary. But then when it came time to enter a particular field, that field, and, I, and I'm talking about many potential job fields, that field was no longer a desirable field for, for people to be employed in because the entire dynamics of that field uh, are now so adversarial and so uncertain and so potentially dangerous for people that, you know, it's upside down. Okay, so that's how you uh, analyze in, in the world, in the everyday world. Now, again, what some people write off as obscure, unimportant, facts regarding current events, economics, some people don't understand that knowing about the one world economic system, the one world religion, the uh, uh, one world government, the new world order, that that, you know, I, I taught on these things for years, for decades. And when I started out, you know, and it still exists. A lot of Christians, especially, and, and many who should have known better, attempted to dismiss me and dismiss my message as a conspiracy theory that what possible re uh, relevance could Paul, what Paul McGuire saying have to my life. Well, as it turned out, uh, God vindicated me because this whole concept of the New World Order in my lifetime and in the lifetime of many of you listening, went from being an obscure conspiracy theory subject in which people who wrote books about it and talked about it, especially in churches, were harassed. I'm talking of myself. I was harassed by many Christians as being, they tried to write me off as a conspiracy theorist. I remember lecturing to several hundred Christian leaders and pastors of churches, and they came from all across the United States to attend a very prominent and highly respected pastor's conference um, at a major seminar, a Christian seminary and university. And everybody got up and, and, and gave their presentations, and then uh, I, it was my turn, and, and my presentation kind of collided schedule-wise with lunch. That is a bad thing. You're a speaker, it's very difficult to compete with lunch. In any case, God supernaturally blessed me because there were like a whole number of giant, giant big screen TVs, you know, I mean, huge ones, in uh, the lunch, the luncheon dining room where hundreds of pastors were eating. But all around them, wherever they looked, with the volume on, by God's grace, they were, they were, listening to me talk about the New World Order and 
quote, this conspiracy theory stuff, along with a potent message on Bible prophecy. And uh, so I, I actually, God platformed me, and they had to hear the message because it was right in their faces on these giant big screens with the volume on, loud. And uh, I remember most of the pastors were polite, but you could see on their face skepticism, bewilderment. And there were a few, one in particular, who attacked me and tried to attack me publicly, which is not unusual, by the way, in my, in my career as a minister and a teacher and an author. Because I teach, it's not that I'm teaching on a controversial subject, but it is perceived by people who really don't know what's going on. It is falsely perceived as a controversial subject, and attempts are made to marginalize it and dismiss it as a conspiracy theory. So this, this pastor tried to do that. You know, I, I, I took Q&A questions and answers. He raised his hand. I assumed he was going to be polite. He wasn't. He came out of the gate swinging at me, uh, but I'm used to that. So, like, he was trying to say that what I was saying was nonsense and completely irrelevant. That was basically his point. But I responded to him politely, but with firmness and intellectual firepower, because I had done my homework and studied what I was talking about for many, many years. And so I play a little game with people all the time who try to challenge me, or they, they try to embarrass me, or they try to undermine me, uh, especially Christian pastors, because they're totally out of order. I mean, here I am, endorsed by a famous Christian leader. Uh, invited to speak and lecture to pastors from all across America and the world with with some very other notable uh, guest speakers and, and famous pastors. And so it's obvious that I was vetted and I was endorsed by very prominent Christian leaders. So that, that alone should have earned me the right not to be attacked uh, and uh, his attempt to uh, uh, <clears throat> ridicule me. So I, what I often do, if I, if, I, if I determine that the person is going to be rude and they're going to be angry and they're going to attempt to dominate by, by sheer bullying the conversation, and, we're, and this is the time that I've been given to speak to a, a relatively large number of Christian leaders, and they want to monopolize it and they want to uh, discredit what I'm saying. Okay, now, now, you're breaking the rules of conduct. You're also initiating, in a spiritual warfare sense, when you do that, when you attack a legitimate speaker, because you don't know what you're talking about, you trip over the tripwire, so to speak, in the spiritual battlefield, and you better be prepared, and you better know what the rules of engagement are. And anybody who knows anything about warfare or the military or battles knows that the rules of engagement refer to, uh, to one degree or another, the general rules understood by armies or understood by one particular army or two adversarial armies. There are often rules, you know, like you don't shoot children and stuff, and the rules of engagement. Uh, and it's, it's more extensive than that. So he violated the rules of engagement by 
attempting to to bully his way and use his question as a, a smokescreen to try to attack me and discredit me. So, okay. So, so I responded to him politely and calmly and rationally. It was obvious that I knew what I was talking about because I had documentation and facts in my memory. And, but I, I will often use this technique. And so I said, well, once he violated the rules of engagement and decided to be rude, uh, I asked him, see, because now all bets are off. I have a right to defend myself, and I have a right to speak uninterrupted. So I simply asked him, I said, just out of curiosity, now this puts him on the spot because all the pastors are staring at him now. I said, just out of curiosity, how much time have you invested studying the subject that we're talking about? In other words, how, how, how many books have you read on this subject that we're talking about? Um, what kind of research have you done? And how long have you done it? So basically, I'm getting him to, to admit what I already know is true, which is that he has probably spent based on his answers and challenges to me, this pastor had probably spent five minutes on the, on, on the subject of studying, you know, like a global economic system or whatever. But the point is, he didn't do any studying. He's just sh- shooting from his empty head. So I, I politely would say to him, so, so you admit that you really have not studied this subject at all, you know, basically five minutes in a, in a couple of passing moments. So you really haven't earned the right to challenge somebody who has devoted his lifetime studying this subject. And, and as such, um, I'm going to have to ask you to stop disrupting uh, this time. I'll answer any question you want, but I'm not going to allow you to monopolize uh, this teaching time because you obviously have an agenda that, that has nothing to do with the actual factual content that's being presented, for whatever reason, uh, you seem to be angry at me, which is quite common, uh, simply because I am talking about very important spiritual truths from the context of a biblical worldview, and you don't like that because it rocks your world. It shakes up your, the status quo in your mind. It, it, it shakes up what you consider to be normal reality, and you feel threatened. Because I've gone through this with so many people, and they all have the same psychological mindset. They feel threatened, um, because it means that if what I'm saying is true, and I know what I'm talking about, that will inevitably force them to have to rethink their entire position, and will inevitably force them to, to have to reevaluate and restudy, and change, and grow. But people don't like that, especially when they think they know it all, and they don't. So again, knowledge is power, and we are often faced with having to analyze, study, research to come to a conclusion. Okay, so everything we, we were talking about, even the pastor who, who was attacking me, the point is, what he was asserting is that these are just like crazy conspiracy theories, that they're not important, that they don't matter is totally false, because they are 
major, major fundamental themes in the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, as we've talked about in the Paul McGuire report before, many times. You know, Mystery Babylon was birthed at the time of the building of the Tower of Babel in ancient Babylon. And Mystery Babylon and ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel was where the first New World Order was conceived. And Babylon was where the first one world government, one world religion, and one world economic system was birthed. The first New World Order occurred and was birthed in ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel. And it established an organizational template, a spiritual template, like an economic template, and a military template, and many other templates or blueprints. It established what I call the Pharaoh God's King system, which is also the, the Luciferian, the system uh, created by the Luciferian elite to rule and reign planet Earth on behalf of Satan by using certain occultic principles. So, these are not obscure or tangential topics. They're front and center. They affect whether or not you should buy a house, whether or not you should live here or live there, whether or not uh, it's safe to be in this nation versus that nation. It affects your, your, your money, your career choices. Because if you know Bible prophecy, uh, you can have a relatively accurate picture of what is going to happen in America and the world in the next you know, few years. So this, this, uh, this pastor and his attempt to uh, you know, vent his inner rage on me at this lecture I was giving two pastors, I don't know, that was like 25 years ago, I'm, I'm guessing. 20 years ago? 15 years ago? Something like that. I don't know. Around, it's a general time period. Now, since that time, and that wasn't the only pastor who did that. It was done all the time. They felt threatened. Um, but now, we are in the middle of massive global changes in America and the world that where the most powerful people on planet Earth, the globalist elite, and their organizations like the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and other globalist elite groups are announcing to the world openly that they are now going to bring in this new world order in our lifetime. They're saying it openly in mainstream publications and mainstream media. And they, they, they have explained openly that they're, they're simply changing the name from New World Order to the Great Reset. But the end game is exactly the same. The, 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 the vision is exactly the same. The end game is to create a one world government, a one world religion, a one world economic system where there's a cashless society. People have to receive a biochip or a nanochip or a DNA chip implant if they want to buy and sell. And uh, there will not be independent sovereign nations. There will be one, a one world government. And there will be a one world ruler, the Bible calls the Antichrist. And the Antichrist will 
will move into power with the help of the false prophet, who is the head of this emerging one world religion. And the emerging one world religion is directly connected to the nanochip implant, the cashless society, the DNA implant. Uh, it's directly connected to this cashless society, a social credit system uh, via computer. It's directly connected to all that. So this is no longer some kind of conspiracy theory. It is, I mean, you can read the Wall Street Journal. You can read uh, the journals that come out of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, or Stanford, or uh, many of these prestigious universities, etc. And they're openly talking about this one world government, one world religion, and one world economic system, which the Bible talks about in great detail. So because the Bible talks about it in great detail, that alone should be sufficient to establish how very important these subjects are in the minds of Christians especially. It's a no-brainer that it's important, because God wouldn't spend so much time talking about it in his word if it was not important. And the other thing is, we have moved from it being received and the discussion of a new world order, a global government, global economic system, a cashless society, all of this stuff has moved from being the subject of, of attacks or discrediting and ridicule. And because of powerful institutions and globalist leaders and trillionaires and billionaires, this, these topics are now front and center, such as the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum. And let's remember that the United Nations was created in 1948. The expressed purpose of creating the United Nations in 1948 was for the purpose of creating, in their words, it says, a one-world government, but they would also simultaneously use the expression, the United Nations was created to create a one-world communist government. Now, remember, they just didn't say a one-world government. They said a one-world communist government. A lot of people miss that because they're too busy dismissing everything as a conspiracy theory. And I explain this in detail in my books. And if you don't understand this, you're going to be at a major disadvantage in your decisions, in your counsel to other people. If people are having a discussion, remember, you'll hear me say this endlessly on the Paul McGuire Report because it's so vitally important. Knowledge is power. If you want to persuade people, if you want to share Jesus Christ with people, knowledge is power. And the power that you will have in terms of the effectiveness of your persuasion and communication is directly connected to do you know what you're talking about? Have you acquired the knowledge? Uh, have you studied the subject? And when people get a sense that, gee, you really know what you're talking about, that conveys upon you power, and then your words uh, can change the direction of people's lives. Okay, so so now, in the last 60 years, or 70 years, uh, the world has moved into a globalist revolution, and, and the signs of it are absolutely everywhere. And remember, these are the things that, that 
when you study like I have the history of the Illuminati, the history of money, the history of the economic systems, the history of new world orders, the history of secret societies in juxtaposition to what the Bible teaches, you discover that these are not, again, these are not tangential subjects. They're not subjects of diversion. These are front and center, and according to the Bible, biblically mainstream topics, biblically mainstream teachings, and of absolute necessity for God's people to study, read, and spiritually equip themselves with. Okay, that's important. And you can do that, by the way, by going to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. All the books that I've written deal with these topics in a sequential order. And I'm offering these books at super discounts right now. And it's important for you to own and possess hard copies of real books printed on real paper. Because if our society moves into a full-blown, you know, communist Chinese-style totalitarian censorship regime, they will erase uh, any such teachings on uh, New World Order or whatever, will be digitally erased from your hard drives, your laptops, your cell phones, your iCloud, whatever else you use to store information or to store books, and you think it's safe there, don't be so naive. They are going to purge every totalitarian regime. They purge books and writers and thinkers because they want to control the minds of the people. And so there will be a purge. And in previous years, they would take books and burn them and confiscate them. But now it's flip-flopped. The way they're going to impose censorship is they will erase it and delete it from your computers and your memory of your computer. And they can do it with just a kill switch. And then this knowledge will be unavailable. The only people who will have this knowledge are those people who invested in books printed on real paper, real books that you can hold and hide if you need, including the Bible. So if there ever is a purge, uh, you will have access to information and truth because you have hidden it and because you possess a real-world material copy of books such as mine. And so you, you have no idea how many books that I keep, not just my own, but I keep books that have changed my life or given me information that, that has changed my life. So I encourage you to go to paulmcguire.us and get yourself copies, because in all of my books, my goal is the same. I want to communicate the truth in a fast-moving, attention-grabbing style, not in a boring, scholarly style. And I want people to be able to be gripped, taken in a ride, and, and be downloaded with knowledge, which is power, and, and understanding and information that is being censored already through the universities and colleges and the media, etc. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us, and we will be back in just a moment. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. In my book, The Day the Dollar Died, and I, I 
continue on exposing the secret societies and the secret agendas in my other books as well. Uh, available to you at a big discount right now at paulmcguire.us. So I want to read to you a, a quote. Now, this is something that I've been saying for decades, and it's developed in all my books because it is absolutely essential uh, among any group of people, any, any demographic of people, uh, it is absolutely essential to understand uh, the game plan, the hidden agenda of what's really happening in America. Okay, so, first of all, the goal of the globalist or Luciferian elite is to create a one-world government, a one-world economic system, a one-world religion that they now call the Great Reset. The purpose of the United Nations is to, cre- is to, to use that organization to forge a uh, one-world communist government, communist government. What you have to understand, and this is, this is, very few people understand this, but when you understand this, the light bulbs will turn on in your brain and you'll, you'll be, things will light up. You will be able to see stuff that other people simply just, they're, they're clueless. They're walking around in a daze. Okay, so what you have to know, what you have to understand is this great hidden secret of darkness, the usage of a, a satanic principle. Remember what I've been saying in my books and on the Paul McGuire Report over and over again, because it's so essential to understand. And that is that uh, this planet, planet Earth, is secretly being ruled by the, the surrogates or the men and women who who have sold their souls to Satan and are covertly serving Satan. And, and what Satan does is he will promote many of these people. He'll give them enormous wealth and power, and they, they become rulers of this world, so to speak. But, but they sold their soul in order to get all those perks and position and wealth and stuff. Now, what the ordinary person doesn't know is that the real agenda and purpose of things like communism and Marxism and fascism and even socialism, the real hidden agenda behind all of those things is that you have to understand that when they talk about communism or socialism or Marxism and and creating a heaven on earth for people and redistributing the wealth and providing great health care for everybody, great education, and basically redesigning society so it's a utopia or heaven on earth. All of that is our lies. The real purpose of communism and Marxism and socialism is that it is a disguised method of subjugating a given people, of conquering a given nation, of, of taking over any given nation or any given people, and without them knowing it, it's a stealth strategy. The real purpose of communism and Marxism is to sedate the people's minds by telling them that the purpose of communism and Marxism and socialism is to create a new world order where we share all the wealth equally and we have great health care and great education and everybody has a great house and a great job. And basically, they're gonna, if we let them uh, with their communist plans, they're going to create heaven on earth. That is a complete system of lies. 
the real purpose or agenda of communism, Marxism, and socialism is that communism, Marxism, and socialism is a managerial instrument. It's a technology of radical transformation which allows a secretive, secret society, super elite, globalist elite, Luciferian elite, uh, that, 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 are the, that are the secret rulers of this world. They own the wealth, they own the corporations, they own the land, they have all the political power. They are like god kings, and they are always, despite what they say, they, they'll say they're socialists or whatever, but in reality, they are always communists, Marxists, and socialists. But this is the reason why. Communism, Marxism, and socialism is nothing more than a wolf in sheep's clothing. It disguises itself as a benevolent, equitable, fair, and, and creating a, a heaven on earth society. But what it really is, when you expose the satanic lies and deception behind it, what communism, Marxism, and socialism really is, is a secret method, a secret strategy for seizing and dominating and controlling and stealing all the wealth of any given nation, of stealing all the wealth and assets and and, and value of individuals, you know, if they own a home or if they want to own anything, it gives these radical elitists the cover to steal the property, to steal all the assets, to steal the freedoms of, of people, to totally conquer the people in any given nation, and under the cover of, you know, being benevolent, this secretive occult elite uses communism, Marxism, and socialism as a radical transformational mechanism that allows them to steal all the wealth out of any given nation, to steal all the property, to, to literally enslave all the people. And that means they can enslave people by getting the people to work for them for free. In other words, you're no longer paid, you're no longer paid competitively in a communist society. In the initial stages of a communist revolution, you will work in slave labor. You will work 12 hours or more a day getting paid absolutely nothing. You see, communism, Marxism, and socialism is, when you get right down to it, it's the great heist. It's the ultimate ripoff. It's, it's, a, it's a sneak attack on dumbed-down people. And it allows the super capitalists, the super rich, the globalist elite, the Luciferian elite, it allows them to steal all the mineral rights, the, the oil rights, uh, you know, drilling for oil, uh, diamond mines, vast uh, land holdings, uh, vast agricultural uh, uh, areas. Uh, it allows them to dominate hundreds of millions of people on a global level for the purpose of slave labor. And it gets worse than that. Who do you think at the very top of this Luciferian pyramid? Who is it that's making all the money from all the drug trafficking across the world? Who is it that's making all the money from the child sex trafficking and the sex trafficking all around the world? These are satanic devices for enslaving and exploiting little babies and children and plunging them into a literal life of hell. Now, I know that's a lot to swallow, but what I'm telling you is the truth. You have to understand. It's a hustle. 
It's a con game. They're telling you one thing, but they're, they're delivering something entirely different. You are not getting this utopian society. You're not going to live in a heaven-on-earth society. The Great Reset is not going to deliver on its big promise, which is the Great Reset leaders like Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum says, you will own absolutely nothing, but you'll never be happier in your whole life. That is word for word exactly what the communists used to say before they initiated a revolution in whatever country they were going to take over. They would promise the people heaven on earth, but when they took over, they lived under a cruel dictatorship with hundreds of millions of people murdered. You see how it goes? It's a lie when they tell you you will own absolutely nothing. Notice that they, they will continue to own absolutely everything. The documented fact is that the, that the elite of planet Earth, the wealthiest people, the trillionaire billionaires who control planet Earth, represent only 1% of the global population. But even though they represent only 1% of the global population, they own 99% of all the money, the resources, the land, the corporation, the people, uh, the armies, etc., etc. So just a tiny little 1%, the super elite wealthy, own and control all the rest of the wealth and money and power on planet Earth. So just 1% controls 99% of all the wealth and the power and resources on planet Earth. See how that works? That's the essence of the Luciferian system. Remember, the Bible teaches us that we currently live in a temporary world system headed up by the temporary god of this world, Lucifer. And then that means planet Earth is essentially a slave planet headed up by Lucifer, the fallen angels, and all those super-wealthy elites who have sold their souls to Satan, the Illuminati bloodline families, if you will, like the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, etc., who secretly control all the wealth, and because they control all the wealth, they control all the power, and they're the ones, not, not you and I, who are ruling this world like dictators. But, but the secret to their power, and it's important to, to discover and expose the secret to their power, because it's the mystery of lawlessness that the Bible speaks of, the secret to their power that you have to understand. You absolutely must understand and uncover the secret of their power. The secret of their power is that their power is not derived merely from money or technology or science or armies or uh, uh, money or whatever. The secret to their power that they don't want you to know, the secret is that they have made a deal with the devil, that they willingly sold their souls to Satan or Lucifer in exchange for vast power, money, resources, position, uh, and control. So the secret of their power is supernatural or spiritual. The reason that they have the power that they have is not because uh, purely because of inheritance or you know that they were really bright in terms of their investments. No, no, that plays a part in it. But the real secret to their power is that they sold their souls to Lucifer, and they promised to be Lucifer's agents on this earth 
uh, in return for power and sex and money and position and everything else. So the secret of the power of the Luciferian elite or the 1%, the secret of their power is they made a supernatural bargain or a supernatural covenant with Satan, the father of lies. And they sold their souls. And that's the secret of their power. So if you're trying to challenge or fight the secret power that secretly controls planet Earth, that secretly controls the economic system, secretly controls nations, secretly controls militaries, secretly controls science and medicine, if you're trying to uh, challenge those supernatural forces, you have to specifically fight the battle or wage the spiritual warfare in the exact geographic location that it that the power that the supernatural power is coming from in other words if you are merely trying to fight supernatural power or satanic power or satanic energy with mere human weapons or mere human willpower or mere money or mere technology or mere, mere willpower you're going to lose you're going to lose you have to open your eyes regarding all things in life your personal sphere of life your family sphere of life, your body, money, jobs, employment, friends, family, your calling from God, all things that God has put potentially under your control and authority, the way it works is that you have to have knowledge, knowledge which is power. You have to understand how the globalist elite or the Luciferian elite, you have to understand where they're getting their supernatural energy, their supernatural power from, and where they're getting their supernatural knowledge from. Because they're tapping into uh, very powerful demonic forces and fallen angel technology in the invisible realm because they have sold their souls to Satan. Now, Mystery Babylon was birthed by Nimrod and his wife Semiramis, who both sold their souls to Satan. And they established the occult religion known as Mystery Babylon, which was the world's first one-world government, one-world religion, and one-world economic system. And God knew the spiritual abomination that was going on, known as Mystery Babylon, which was formed at the same time Tower of Babel was built. Now, when you analyze the, the meaning of the word Babel or Babylon, uh, if you translate it from its original languages, the term Babylon or Babel refers to portals, doorways, uh, angelic or demonic beings that are able to enter into our physical real-world reality through supernatural doorways or uh, portals or uh, interdimensional uh, uh, doorways. That's the, the real meaning of Babel and Babylon. It, it, it's a, it, it reveals that demonic intelligence, demonic technology, demo, demonic science, demonic economics, all known as Mystery Babylon, the, the way it's accessed, this is the secret they don't want you to know, the way it's accessed is through the creation of a mystery Babylon system, which 
provides you an opportunity to open up doors into other dimensions to allow the fallen angels, the demons to come in, entities from other dimensions to come into this physical reality. That's what Mystery Babylon, that's the secret of Mystery Babylon. And it's a control system created by Lucifer that allows Lucifer, through lies and spiritual deception, to be the temporary god of this world. And that's why you keep seeing the theme of Mystery Babylon in the Bible, beginning with the book of Genesis. And then Mystery Babylon comes back swinging in the book of Revelation as God judges the Mystery Babylon system, and he judges the New World Order or the Great Reset. And the Bible says, fallen, fallen is Babylon, the great harlot or or, or, whore. Mystery Babylon is a satanic control system that consists of a new world order and a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world economic system. Now, what you have to know is that the only way you can fight it is not through mere human methods or mere human weapons. You've got to use the weapons of our warfare, which are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, you need to use the spiritual or supernatural weapons that God Almighty provides to you and God Almighty provides to his church. For the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That is the secret. So the secret of their power is they sold their souls to Satan. The secret of our power is that we give our lives over to Jesus Christ, become born again, have our sins forgiven, and then we learn how to wage warfare in the invisible realm by developing the biblical expertise in using the weapons of our warfare that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So it's an invisible realm battle. It's a spiritual war first. And we have to master these truths. This can't be, you know, this is not playtime where we play at at getting this knowledge. This is not playtime. This is what is happening in the real world right now, and the Bible predicts it, especially in the book of Revelation. The Bible predicts everything that's happening right now has been predicted in the Bible thousands of years ago, or it happened before, for example, the New World Order has come upon us numerous times in human history, beginning in ancient Babylon, but it's also emerging right now under the name the Great Reset. So, the key is learning the rules of engagement in this this spiritual war. Okay, I'm going to read you a quote from the great science fiction writer H.G. Wells, who wrote War of the Worlds and many other novels, and he also wrote many books, nonfiction books, advocating a one-world government and a new world order. H.G. Wells wrote books like The Time Machine, War of the Worlds, The Invisible Man, The Island of Dr. Moreau, which is all about genetic engineering and mixing the DNA of human being DNA with animal DNA. Uh, Then he wrote nonfiction books like the New World Order, A Modern Utopia, The Shape of Things to Come, World Brain, The Open Conspiracy, and A Future for America, The Search for Realities. And he was one of the Fabian Socialists, the secret society 
composed of the intellectual, scientific, political, artistic, philosophical elite that ruled the world. It's not an accident that all of these elites that rule the world with advanced science and technology, etc., it's not an accident that many of them, a huge percentage of them, emerged from Great Britain because Great Britain uh, became fertile ground for demons, fallen angels, especially through the worship of these demons and fallen angels by uh, Dr. Uh, John D, Sir John D, and Sir Francis Bacon, the father of the scientific method, but also head of the Rosicrucian occult society, which was the forerunner of the Illuminati. And so they were talking to Enochian angels and receiving supernatural knowledge on technology and how the British Empire could take over the world. And they've been applying that satanic game plan ever since, ever since. But most Christians are unaware of it because they don't study to show themselves a group. Okay, so we see that uh, these Fabian socialists who who control our universities and the entertainment industry and corporate America, etc. Uh, this whole thing was created by the globalist elite and, and secret society groups known as the Fabian Socialists. In his book the, and film, The Shape of Things to Come, written in 1933, H.G. Wells gives us a vision of a future created by a technocratic elite. That means a technological elite. I'm reading to you, by the way, from my book, The Day the Dollar Died. So, T.H. Um, Huxley was the grandfather of Aldous and Julian Huxley. And T.H. Huxley was a Darwinian apologist, a high-level member of the Round Table, another secret society group. T.H. Huxley's thinking had tremendous influence on H.G. Wells, and later H.G. Wells would influence. Huxley's grandson, Aldous Huxley, and uh, the other Huxley, Julian Huxley. Now, why that's important is that they were, you know, evangelists for Charles Darwin's theory of evolution. They advocated a one-world government ruled by a technocratic elite or a technological elite, and um, this T.H. Huxley, who was a militant pro-evolutionist and a, a, a key leader in the globalist elite, he influenced H.G. Wells, who in turn influenced Bertrand Russell and uh, um, the Huxleys, Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, and Julian Huxley, the, the founder of transhumanism and one of the founders of UNESCO, which was designed to be a primary global agency uh, uh, targeting the youth of the world into becoming global citizens under a global humanistic government. So um, both Huxley and H.G. Wells embraced the idea of Sir Francis Bacon's technocratic utopia, along with the concept of a scientific dictatorship that will rule the world. Bacon, Sir Francis Bacon, he was, a, you know, one of the top elitists. Sir Francis Bacon was a huge occultist who 
who communicated with Enochian angels and and gave supernatural guidance to Queen Elizabeth and gave supernatural guidance to the British Empire. Sir Francis Bacon believed that uh, Atlantis existed, and he believed that America was destined to become the new Atlantis that would be ruled by an occultic and scientific dictatorship. Okay? And that's what was happening when they were sending all those ships filled with pilgrims and Puritans to, to settle early America smuggled in among the ships of the Pilgrims and Puritans, there were all kinds of ships smuggled in, financed by Sir Francis Bacon and other Rosicrucians and occultists, and these ships were packed with people who pretended to be Christians, but were secretly members of occult secret societies like the Freemasons and occult secret societies like uh, the forerunner of, of the Illuminati, the Rosicrucian Society. So what you see is, is what's happening in our world today. Behind all the physical, real world of drama, we see a, a war for the control of planet Earth. Satan versus God. So um, it's important to understand this uh, because this is how Bible prophecy is like a puzzle piece, Bible prophecy is being formed in our lifetime, okay? And one of the other techniques of, of the world's globalist elite is the, the manipulation of the economic system to control the masses. So it's not an accident that in the 1920s, hyperinflation occurred in the German currency. And hundreds of German dollars were needed to buy a single loaf of bread. That destroyed the middle class in Germany. Does that sound familiar to you? The German people, as a result, began looking for a political messiah who would restore economic prosperity. That man was Adolf Hitler, who was a deep occultist. His generals were deep occultists, and they all believed he was possessed. Whatever he was, Adolf Hitler was being guided by demons and fallen angels, and so were his scientists, and so were the Nazi generals and the Nazi rocket scientists and the Nazi genetic scientists and the Nazi mind control scientists. And then it's critical to know, as I explained to you in The Day the Dollar Died and The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, uh, Power from on High and other books, The Prophecy of the Future of America and the Day the Dollar Died, that a key truth that Christians especially need to understand is that at the exact same time period in history that the German people began to look for a political messiah who would restore uh, the economic prosperity of Germany, at that exact same time, simultaneously, there began to be the rise of what was called the German schools of theological higher criticism, which, how this works, this is so important to understand this, because this is an example of a satanic strategy that is still being utilized by Satan and the fallen angels and the demons as they attempt to wage war against Christians and the church. So, 
This is what the game they play. So we, so we learn the strategy so that we're not fooled again. Now, I'm going to make it very simple. I talk about it in all the books I just mentioned. Right now, I'm reading to you from my book, The Day the Dollar Died. But this is what you have to understand, that the German schools of theo- theological higher criticism, the professors of those schools were all highly trained Marxist revolutionaries. So all the professors of what was known as the Frankfurt School, that's where these, these professors of communism and Marxism uh, established a, a theological university where they taught a system of thinking and perception known as the German schools of theological higher criticism. All that means, it's a fancy way of saying, instead of really teaching the Bible in a historical method or a literal method, you don't teach the Bible, you, you teach instead the German school of theological higher criticism. In other words, the whole purpose of your educational format, known as the German schools of theological higher criticism, is to subtly cause pastors and Christians and those seeking uh, theological or biblical knowledge, you want to brainwash them into criticizing every part of the Bible, criticizing every miracle, criticizing the resurrection, criticizing the reality of Jesus Christ, criticizing the reality of heaven and hell. You chip away at every truth in the Bible so that by the time a person graduates with their degree from a German school of theological higher criticism, the result is the person graduates and is now an atheist, an agnostic, backslidden, and no longer believes in the Bible, no longer believes in any of the supernatural accounts in the Bible, including the resurrection, uh, including heaven and hell, etc. They are totally devoid of a real, vibrant biblical faith. Now, Now, examine this with me. This is something that I cried out to God for, praying for wisdom and guidance. And by studying the Bible and studying history, the Lord revealed something to me that I'm revealing to you now, and you need to pass it on. What happened was that this system of thinking, the German schools of theological higher criticism, essentially made the Christian church and Christians powerless. So let's look together very closely at what God's trying to reveal to us through history. You know that old expression, those that fail to learn from history, or those that fail to learn the lessons of history, are doomed to repeat it. And that's, that's, a, that's a law of history, and it's true. So we are entering a season where, where we are because of a, of a rebellion in the hearts of God's people against knowledge, we are entering a season where, unfortunately, we may end up relearning the painful lessons of, of history. Now, the critical thing to understand here, and this is what I've been sharing, something the Lord revealed to me, at the exact same time in history, we have to remember that the Nazis, the Nazi party, Adolf Hitler, his top military generals, his top scientists, uh, its top uh, financiers, they were all the highest level members of secret occult societies. In fact, it was a network, a vast network of secret occult societies, which platformed Hitler and caused Hitler to become the head of Germany. What, what, what put Hitler into power, besides his propaganda and his charismatic personality and his persuasive message, what put 
Hitler into power was the fact that he was backed by secret occultic organizations that were very powerful and operating in Germany and Europe. So, for example, there was the Vril Society, named after the Vril Force. And the Vril Force was allegedly a tangible uh, electromagnetic frequency of a kind of greenish color, which allegedly could be used to, to cure diseases, uh, cause positive things to happen. But the Vril Force also contained the potential to function uh, and create unbelievable death and, and destruction and uh, deposit evil plans and evil technological developments and evil scientific developments uh, to come alive in the minds of, of Hitler's inner circle. Okay? So simultaneously, at the exact same time, that Hitler's top echelon of generals and thinkers and architects and scientists and biologists and geneticists and physicists and rocket scientists and military generals and so on and so forth, so forth. at the exact same time that all this occult and satanic and demonic energy is being magnetically drawn into the Nazi party, into Adolf Hitler, into the Nazi military and all the Nazi scientists. So there was in fact, a supernatural occult satanic revival going on in Nazi Germany as Hitler started to rise. Now, you have to grasp this. It is imperative because when you grasp this, you're going to unlock the secret to the destiny of not only America, the world, but your life and the purposes of God for your life and for the church. So this is the secret unraveled. Hitler rose to power in a phenomenal way, possessed all kinds of supernatural abilities, energy, talent, uh, insight, because he was communicating with high, high level fallen angels and demons. The, uh, the training he received in the occult secret societies. So the Vril Society was one society, and the Vril Force was this powerful electromagnetic frequency force. In fact, there was a famous physicist and writer and researcher in Nazi Germany who, who as the years went by, he became the world. I believe his name was Dr. Willie Lee, L-E-Y, Dr. Willie Lee. I believe that was his name. Uh, or I may be confusing that name with somebody else, so forgive me if I did. But Dr. Willie Lee, L-E-Y, became, over time, the world's foremost authority, the world's foremost expert in the, the entire subject of the Vril Force. Okay? And Nazi scientists were, were jumping all over the Vril Force in terms of looking for a way to harness the supernatural power to their military advantage. At the same time, Russian scientists, at the same time, American scientists in the United States, they were jumping all over researching the Vril Force. And one of the reasons that um, the American scientists and the American government, uh, after they defeated the Nazis in World War II, they smuggled into America under Operation Paperclip 10,000 Nazi rocket scientists, 10,000 
And among the 10,000 Nazi rocket scientists were Nazi genetic scientists and Nazi mind control scientists. Now, all of these Nazi scientists were fellow travelers in the occult and the, and the real force and things of that nature. Now, what's interesting, and, and this is in terms of synchronicity, and I'm not promoting synchronicity like it's a biblical doctrine, so understand that I'm using synchronicity very advisedly and very restrained. It is not an endorsement of it or a wholehearted, a wholehearted acceptance of it. It comes from quantum physics, but it actually was popularized uh, by Carl Jung, who was the competing psychiatrist for, for, for the soul of Germany. And Carl Jung believed and taught a lot in synchronicity. Can you pronounce it right now? Ah, you heard me say it right. Let's just take that as a good thing. <laughs> I'm not going to stumble over it a hundred times. So, in that theory, there's a there's a. It's not always understood, but there is a reason behind an electromagnetic frequency reason behind so-called chance encounters, coincidental encounters, being at the right place at the right time, and and the way you move in this earth reality, that things are not just accidental or circumstantial. There's some kind of design behind it all that we may not fully understand. So when I was living up in Lookout Mountain in Hollywood Hills, synchronicity, I didn't know it at the time, but I my house was up on Lookout Mountain, which overlooked the Lookout Mountain Avenue Laboratory. And like three houses down from me, or four houses down from me, up the street, there was a house owned by, by the great science fiction writer Robert Heinlein, who wrote Stranger in a Strange Land and many other best-selling sci-fi novels. And he headed up an advanced military think tank for ONI, the Office of Naval Intelligence, where he recruited a bunch of powerful intellect science fiction writers to think outside of the box and develop new technologies, new sciences, and new weaponry on the level of science fiction-style weapons, science fiction-style-like technology. So this working, uh, top-secret working unit um, was organized by Heinlein, and it operated both on the East Coast and it operated on the West Coast. So it turns out, in terms of synchronicity, I'm living up at Lookout Mountain now. I'm uh, a producer of science fiction feature films and other films. I'm beginning to write Christian books on the new exposing the new age. And it turns out that about four houses down, uh, four houses up the street from me, is the actual home of the great sci-fi writer Robert Heinlein. Now. During the time period that Heinlein lived there, which was different than my time period, I think I moved up there either in 1981 or 1986. I think it was 1986 because it corresponds with the national theatrical release of a film I was executive producer on for Frankie Schaefer, the director, which was called uh, Wired to Kill. Now, uh, it was in the early 1940s where Robert Heinlein first bought this house up on Lookout Mountain, and he assembled this top-secret 
out-of-the-box thinker uh, think tank for the U.S. military, specifically the Office of uh, Naval Intelligence. And so he would invite the great science fiction writer uh, L. Ron Hubbard, was a regular guest in his home, and L. Ron Hubbard even lived with Heinlein for extended periods of time. Uh, at that time, uh, L. Ron Hubbard's uh, religion, Scientology, and Dianetics, if it was launched, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't commonly known about. So the relationship essentially between Heinlein and L. Ron Hubbard was to develop out-of-the-box theories that would work uh, and he was part of the special naval intelligence team, L. Ron Hubbard, as well as, I guess, nursing along the development of his religion, Scientology. But it wasn't only L. Ron Hubbard that lived up there. This is just a couple of blocks from where I live. Um, Isaac Asimov, the, another great science fiction writer who wrote hundreds of sci-fi books, including I, Robot, uh, lived up there or frequently stayed there with Heinlein and Hubbard. In addition to that, there were other big-time golden age of science fiction writers who were part of this secret think tank. And on top of that, there, uh, Dr. Willy Ley, L-E-Y, uh, a German scientist and the world's foremost expert on the Brill Force as a potential military application, he lived up there with Heinlein. He stayed with Heinlein and Hubbard and the others. And he taught them about this supernatural Brill Force. Now, this was not the first time that Heinlein and Hubbard and Asimov were first introduced to this supernatural uh, interdimensional force. They attended a high-level dinner in Manhattan, New York City, years before where top military generals, generals, top military experts, as well as the top science fiction writers, scientists gathered together in Manhattan at a, a very classy, uh, kind of secluded, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a club, but that's not like a cheap thing, you know, not like rappers when they sing in the club, club stuff. Uh, in those days, there were high-level club, clubs, which were classy. And so Dr. Willie Lee, L-E-Y, would lecture all these ONI think tank guys, and he would teach them in a scientific way about the reality of the Vril Force and the applications of the Vril Force as a supernatural scientific weapon. Okay, it's more complicated. Not only that, they also they, they gathered together in Manhattan, then... A little time went by because the stuff with Hitler was heating up, especially Hitler launching his V2 rocket rockets to 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 Blitzkrieg London and stuff. So, also in the naval yards of uh, uh, on the East Coast, and I forgot exactly where it was. It was some. It was it was there was a naval base on the coast and. It, I believe it was in the state of Pennsylvania, possibly could have been in the Pittsburgh area. I don't remember the exact location, but it was in that general geographic area that this Office of Naval Intelligence secret project that these guys like Robert Heinlein, Isaac Asimov, L. Ron Hubbard, and many other of these big shot, super genius types were meeting uh, 
at the Office of Naval Intelligence uh, Naval Shipyard, which I think was near Philadelphia. Okay, And these guys migrated. They obviously had a cash inflow that was enormous. But Dr. Willie Lee was constantly trying to teach them about the reality of the real force. Now, the real force, whatever you want to say about the real force, you can't dismiss it as a complete fiction because it obviously was an interdimensional electromagnetic frequency that could be used as a negative weapon or as a positive, like, supernatural energy force, power, even healing force. And it was alleged through mythologies that some of the super civilizations, like L. Ron Hubbard believed this, Heinlein believed this, uh, numerous other occultists believed this, that an advanced civilization descended on Earth just before the flood of Noah, and they knew ahead of time that this massive flood was going to come. And so they escaped, they moved from Norway and Scandinavia and Sweden and Denmark and all those nations, and, and they escaped uh, to live deep under the ice of the Arctic and deep under the ice of Antarctica, where allegedly there existed technological, scientific super-civilizations like Hyperborea and others. And this is where the idea of this blonde-haired, blue-eyed genetic master race came from, this same mixture of theories. So there was also the island of Thule, T-H-U-L-E. The island of Thule was a top-secret research and development facility for the Nazi rocket scientists. The, the island of Thule, as, as well as the island of Brill, were theoretically Possibly they could have been what was left over of ancient Atlantis before the flood covered the earth. So the guy who was in charge of uh, the, the V2 rocket operation located on the island of Thule was Warner von Braun, not only a, a top Nazi rocket scientist, a top Nazi occultist, uh, a top Nazi mind control expert. And uh, he eventually was smuggled into the United States, and uh, Werner von Braun became the head of NASA, and he became the head of the American rocket and space program. Pretty heavy stuff. So it's all interlinked. Now, so while the Nazi scientists are aggressively integrating supernatural, occultic power, uh, thinking outside of the box power, while they're incorporating and integrating supernatural power and downloading things like precise blueprints on how to build rockets, anti-gravity machines, UFOs, etc., how to completely program people's minds through LSD and MKUltra mind control programming, and using the supernatural energy to help create a master race through uh, supernaturally inspired genetic engineering. And so this is also going on in the United States of America at the grounds of what became uh, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. And again, talk about synchronicity, because I'm up there in the Hollywood Hills, literally a short walking distance from my house are not only Heinlein, L. Ron Hubbard, Isaac Asimov, 
Dr. Willie Lee with the, the Brill Force, the Lookout Mountain Avenue Laboratory, all these rock and roll stars from the, the 70s, like The Doors and uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young, and all kinds of people. Timothy Leary, you know, you, I'd run into him going to the exercise place. You'd run into Timothy Leary. That's the kind of place it was. Or if you were out looking back in the days of VHS to rent a movie on VHS, I would bump into uh, the horror film director, John Carpenter, who directed the Halloween movies, and he directed that classic movie, which explains mass brainwashing in a horror movie message. And the name of John Carpenter's movie was They Live, which is a pretty intense movie. So all of these different supernatural forces are are coming together and increasing in power and producing high-level technology, high-level science, okay? But all of this was encouraged by the German government, by Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. And so while they're having an occult and a technological and scientific revival, these same demonic powers that are energizing the occult revival with the Brill Force and uh, other occult powers, those same demonic powers have now formed a beachhead in Nazi Germany where they are where they have created a satanic stronghold or a satanic fortress to barricade thoughts regarding the, the, the supernatural reality of the Word of God or the Bible. Because the Bible is exploding with scientific genetic truths, uh, um, advanced technology, DNA, uh, supernatural manifestations of God, the power of the resurrection, the reality of, of heaven and hell. And all of this should be exploding. It should be generating an authentic biblical re- uh, revival. It should be uh, generating an opening of the windows of heaven where God clothes his people with power from on high or the dunamis dynamite power of God or the dunamis dynamite explosive power of God. It should be exploding, and it should be, it should be releasing such an intense spiritual force that it should be summoning the chariots of fire and the armies of heaven, and they should be confronting Hitler's demon-inspired armies on the battlefields of Europe and uh, across the world. But you see, this is what God wants us to learn from history. The Church surrendered its discernment to the Nazi occultic teachings formulated in uh, this uh, Brill Force, this Thule Society, and the Frankfurt School Marxists, and the entire German schools of theological higher criticism were nothing less than a giant mind control factory programming aspiring pastors, ministers, aspiring Christian theologians, aspiring Christian church leaders into embracing a completely spiritually dead form of Christianity. You see, there shouldn't have been a Holocaust. Hitler should not have risen. This master race program with the Holocaust should not have launched. I mean, a lot of dark stuff was happening. And the Lord literally supernaturally revealed to me, through my research, by supernaturally guiding my research, the Lord from beginning to end, because this is like a, a study research project that lasted many decades, the Lord began to supernaturally reveal to me 
many elements of what was going on with the Nazi scientists and the Nazi rocket program and the Nazi MK Ultra program and the Nazi uh, uh, master race DNA program. So when you go to the island of Thule, you notice that there is a giant concentration camp, and the island of Thule is off the coast of Germany. So there's a giant concentration camp there. What the giant con- that houses Jews who are being held prisoners and being killed in the concentration camp. Now, what the purpose of the concentration camp was is that secretly the, the German scientists built a deep underground, massively spacious factory. They built deep under the ground and they forced the Jews to work in constructing B 2 rockets and building and assembling B 2 rockets. Uh, secretly, deep under the ground, under the concentration camp. And they worked as slave labor, and, and, and they would be starved to death and shot and killed. It was very cruel. It was horrific. But you see, this was a satanic secret plan that the Nazis were using. When America and Europe and, and Russia and stuff, when they would fly their planes uh, over uh, the, the island of Thule, all they would see would be the, the, the exterior parts of these giant concentration camps, which they would photograph. So they were aware of the concentration camps on the surface. And when they saw the tall guard towers, they, they recognized them as the tall guard towers of the concentration camps. But this was an act of subterfuge by the Nazis. What was really going on is that it was like a theatrical play where the Nazi concentration camps and the concentration camp prisoners were all laboring on the surface of the ground, uh, you know, doing the work of the concentration camps. But all the parts of the concentration camps had a secret dual purpose. So, for example, deep underneath the ground of the concentration camps was a gigantic Nazi slave labor uh, B-2 rocket Assembly factory where the concentration camp, uh, uh, you know, concentration camp prisoners would be assembling B two rockets, and then um, again on the surface of the ground, these machines would maneuver the guard towers, which shift in position, and then if you look closely, the guard towers were were technology which transformed the guard towers into being, each guard tower was transformed electronically into being an independent electronic B-2 rocket launching pad and rocket launching tower. So you can, you can conceive of the similarity of a big tower, which is the guard tower that looks down on the concentration camp. And you can think of the iron grid work that would be necessary to create this, this tower that goes high up into the sky. But then, at a chosen moment in time, in the pressing of a technological button, this guard tower would transform itself into a massive rocket tower, which was capable of securely launching B-2 rockets over Europe, over Britain, and the, the concentration camp prisoners, you know, work slave at labor 12 hours a day or more just assembling and building V2 rockets. 
Well, that's heavy stuff, okay? So the Lord revealed that to me before I discovered it in the history books. The Lord showed me by looking through GPS satellites, by studying the details of these various things, the Lord would speak impressions into my mind, supernaturally, if you will, and I would act on those impressions, which would inevitably lead me to, to massive reservoirs of truth. So, for example, um, I was doing research from GPS of a massive uh, rocket assembly uh, factories that were built by the biggest rocket companies in America, like Rocketdyne and Boeing and stuff, part of the military-industrial complex. And they built a massive facility uh, up there in the mountains, in the desolate, dry mountains near Simi Valley, which is which on, on, on one corner before you enter into this area, you, you, you're entering into the exact area that Charlie Manson and the family would hang out in. And Charlie Manson and his cult family would live deep in the caves of these mountains, and they would hide out, okay? So, um, there were all kinds of secret, deep underground caves up in these mountains. And so German rocket scientists, German engineers, German mind control scientists, they, they gravitated to this secret rocket military base up in the mountains above Simi Valley. And they begin, and you see these black and white photographs of these, you know, open giant transportation trucks, which would carry these huge, massive rockets from the Apollo 13 program, the Saturn program, and the other big NASA programs. And they, they again, recreated those like guard tower structures to be launching ramps as they were attempting to exceed the Nazi rocket scientists with superior rockets to the V-2. And by now we were deep into the NASA program, and they were constructing and testing and building. The Nazi rocket scientists, under the direction of Warner von Braun, were assembling and constructing massive NASA space rockets being trucked in, and these giant, giant engines were, were placed on the bed of these giant trucks and all kinds of rope and wires were tying them down. Now, in the, the Lord showed me the existence of this secret location before I found it through, like, logistical, analytical work. And the Lord showed me the existence of caves. And I remember the Lord speaking to me and said, Paul, why would you think that the Nazis would reinvent the wheel in terms of rocket construction or V-2 rocket construction? Why do you think they would reinvent the wheel when they kind of came to America during Operation Paperclip? Then the Lord said to me, um, they wouldn't. They wouldn't reinvent the wheel. The Lord said their, their secret V-2 rocket underground factories were highly successful. There was no reason to reinvent the wheel and create a new system. So then the Lord said to me, look for areas where there are deep underground bases, deep underground caves. Look for for geographic areas where there, there's a substantial increase of Nazi scientists, rocket scientists, Nazi mind control scientists, and Nazi genetic scientists. And then the Lord said to me, look for, for patterns 
that were similar to the rocket programs that were located on the, the topical uh, island of uh, Thule, where there was, was, as a camouflage, they built a giant concentration camp, but deep underground of the concentration camp were massive rocket V-2 assembly factories where concentration camp victims slaved to assemble the V-2 rockets. So before, and I did a lot of research, so before I saw the photographs, the research reports, before I physically climbed into the mountains to look at these various locations, before all of that, it was like the Lord imparted to me, and this has happened many times, the Lord gave me what psychics and those in certain areas of the military would call remote viewing abilities. But you see, I'm a Christian. I have the Holy Spirit in me. So I'm not going to rely on some new age or occultic uh, remote viewing slash psychic ability. I don't need to do that, just like Daniel didn't need to do that. I rely on the power of the Holy Spirit of the biblical God. I rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, who is the Spirit of Truth. And the Holy Spirit can equip us with prophetic understanding, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the gift of faith. And so I don't rely on psychic power to remote view to to see the unseen. I rely on the Holy Spirit of God Almighty, the Word of God, and by walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the dunamis dynamite power of God, by yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit and allowing myself to be clothed with power from on high, then what can happen to you, what can happen to the church, what can happen to any Christian, and what happened to me is you get a supernatural, a biblical supernatural jump start. And from a biblical perspective, flowing out of a biblical relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not defiled by psychic abilities or defiled by occultic abilities, which are nothing more than counterfeits of the authentic gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're relying on the Lord Jesus Christ and the dunamis dynamite power of God to clothe you with power from on high. As such, walking under a prophetic anointing produced by the Holy Spirit of God, written about in Acts chapter 2, and written about in the chapters on the gifts of the Spirit, the Lord allowed me, like a gift, like a word of knowledge, or a word of wisdom, or a vision, or whatever, the Lord allowed me to look into the invisible realm, or spiritual world, and see things that were invisible to the naked eye or the materialistic eye. Okay? So I saw these deep underground structures. I, 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 the Lord told me, would download information like, why would they re, you know, redo or rebuild a, a structure that was already working? Well, he wouldn't. So the Lord would lead me and guide me by downloading all kinds of complex rocket V2 technological information by downloading into me all kinds of heavy-duty Nazi MKUltra mind control uh, uh, operations. Uh, The Lord would download through His Holy Spirit into me uh, all kinds of secret locations, secret caves, the existence of Nazi scientists, where they were. And then at the same time, the Lord would would put up a wall between me and some of this information 
because the Lord, I'm thankful for this, but the Lord would restrict the amount and potency of the information as a protective method, uh, as a protective method to protect my life uh, from attacks. Okay, he protected me. So after I saw these things in the Spirit, as I was led by the Spirit, I began to see a vast network that at, at its very top, uh, technologies, sciences, organizational structure, et cetera, et cetera, was flowing from uh, uh, demonic intelligence. So let's just quickly go back in time. In 1926, Brilia maidens, which were Nazi maidens who were beautiful women, they were clairvoyants and psychics. In 1926, they met with high-level Nazi occult scientists in a cafe in Vienna, where they showed the Nazi scientists heavy-duty, heavily detailed blueprints on how to build V2-type rockets, how to build UFOs, how to build anti-gravity machines, reverse engineering, etc., etc. So the Viril Yaw maidens were giving to the Nazi scientists supernatural information. And the Nazis applied this, and that's why they built the V-2 rocket, that's why they developed the MK Ultra mind control program, and that's why they understood the advanced aspects of genetic engineering. Now, the point again is, the God that we serve, look at the story of Daniel. The God that we serve, the Lord Jesus Christ, is King of kings and Lord of lords. We are not to adopt a second-class role or status in terms of our God-given ability to receive from the true God supernatural knowledge, supernatural technology, science, rocketry, all these kinds of supernatural information. The same kind of supernatural information and data that God gave Joseph, that God gave Daniel and so many of his key leaders in the Bible. But on the dark side of the moon, God, I mean, Satan distributes technological and scientific secrets to his servants. And so all of this has continued on to this present moment. And in, in the next Paul McGuire report, we're going to blow open the doors even further because this, this whole flow of human history. Uh, is integrated on so many levels that it will literally blow your mind. So I encourage you to get my book, The Day the Dollar Died, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, um, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, um, Are You Ready?, and other books, The Warning, uh, that will download into your mind powerful data and facts and knowledge which will give you power. And in, when the body of Christ seeks the face of the Lord and receives a download of the supernatural power, it is at that moment that the tide of the spiritual battle will turn, and we will see spiritual victories beginning to be won, one after another, in America. We will see the tide of the spiritual battle turn in our favor, even though at the present moment it looks incredibly bleak, dark, and dangerous. So let me say this to you. I've devoted my life to this, and one of the primary missions of the Paul McGuire Report is to teach God's people and to teach people 
who will eventually receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, to teach God's people how to access incredible supernatural power like the power from on high, to teach God's people how to receive downloads from God in terms of highly advanced scientific technology, genetic engineering, um, rocketry, all kinds of scientific discoveries God wants to birth into this earth realm world through his people for centuries, and especially during the last hundred years. If you look at history, you see that, well, if you look at history since before the founding of America, going back to the 1600s, you see that the Pilgrims and Puritans had both. They had intellectualism, they had science, they had technology, but they also had the supernatural power of God. Now, Nikola Tesla, he got his ideas on an infinite free energy system by pull, by literally developing very simple technology that would pull an infinite amount of energy, scalar technology, and an infinite amount of energy would be pulled out of another dimension and then pulled into this material earth world dimension. So when you see, for example, a do, a directed energy beam weapon, which I write about in my book, uh, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. When you see the devastation, like in Paradise uh, uh, Mountain, California, and you see the devastation of all the homes, when you see the complete vaporization of the homes and the town of Lahaina on the island of Maui, when you see what could potentially be vaporized parts of buildings after 911 those are all clues that potentially potentially evidence for the fact that directed energy beam weapons are being used now uh, as selective military weapons and these directed energy beam weapons are like science fiction technologies or science fiction sciences where they where scientists literally have learned how to apply in infinite interdimensional power from another dimension the kind of infinite power that Nikola Tesla tapped into and then weaponizing it and using it in military applications where it is so much more powerful than a nuke a hydrogen bomb chemical weapon bacteriological weapon we're now talking about a weapon that pulls in the massive infinite energy of electromagnetic frequency that Nikola Tesla discovered. And, and when this stuff is fired from a satellite or a, a naval ship or a tank or whatever, it literally releases an energy which melts the metal, vaporizes the building. And when they dig deep beneath the vaporized houses after a directed energy beam attack, What's left over is not even pipes. It's just liquid metal that still is in a boiling liquid state. Okay, power from on high is available to God's people. Revival is available to God's people. The only thing standing in, in the way between us and victory, between us and a biblical revival, between us and God's people using the technologies of God, the only thing standing in the way of those realities the only thing standing in the way in that reconfiguration of reality is unbelief 
or a stronghold lodged in the hearts and minds of God's people. As long as a stronghold of unbelief is blocking the faith of believers from receiving power from on high and the faith of believers from receiving the supernatural power of God, the dunamis explosive dynamite force, along with supernatural understanding of technology and science, that unbelief energizes a satanic stronghold which blocks the flow of revelation and power. The way we reverse that is we have to personally and collectively repent regarding our unbelief of the supernatural power of God and our unbelief in receiving a download of God's supernatural knowledge and information and wisdom. And it's on that basis, it's on that basis that I believe with all my heart, to, to whatever degree the Lord allows, God will allow the release, according to his sovereign ability, God will allow the release of a biblical third great awakening, a biblical revival, turn the tide of spiritual battle in America. All of this will transpire to the degree God chooses to allow it. But that degree is largely determined by the obedience and heartfelt response of God's people. If God's people will lie down on the floor, belly first, and cry out to God and repent for their sins collectively and individually, we can literally open the windows of heaven and thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That flow of the dunamis power of God will supernaturally energize our lives and literally be released to pulverize the demons and the fallen angels as if they were hit by thermonuclear ICBM missiles. So, nothing's impossible with God. Let's go for it. Help me pass this word. Pray. Ask the Lord what you can donate and give financially, and then humbly I ask you to simply obey the Lord. Whatever he tells you to do, do. Become a prayer warrior for me, everybody involved in this ministry. This is a spiritual battle. We need your prayers. Finally, don't just passively look at uh, all these subversive attempts to, to suppress our message. I thank each and every one of you for your faithfulness in standing with us. Help us fight this fight. Help us defeat the rigging war against us. And I thank you for your faithfulness so far. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us.